Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Fizza Dasani. We are your damn hosts this week. Fizza, how's it going? You know, I'm I'm doing well. I've pivoted well, I think, for this quarantine. You know, it's a sudden change in lifestyle, and, and I'm not hating it. Yeah, I feel like I'm thriving a little bit. It's fine. Like, that's, yeah. that's a thing I feel a little guilty about. Like, I feel like I should be struggling more, at least in terms of the coronavirus stuff, and I'm just not. It's not, I'm like, we could be locked down for another year. And I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, I just assume like my estimate is that we're going to be living like this for the rest of 2020. We might get a vaccine by January and then things could change. But it's just sort of like, OK, this is this is what it is. Figure it out. And I think, you know, I have a lot more energy because it's like I'm not sitting in L.A. traffic for hours anymore. I'm not, you know, going to do stand up shows every night like which takes a lot of energy so you know i get to focus on like internet shit yeah yeah back when we were able to go places like i would still try and book shows and then when i would book a show i'd be like i don't want to do this fucking show (laughs) i know what the fuck and and what what i'm being what i'm learning now is like oh i don't have to be so excessive i mean like i just i hate the rat race and the fact that the rat race had to be canceled a little bit like i'm okay yeah there have been worse things i mean coronavirus is a fucking tragedy and hundreds of thousands of people have died but still yeah i mean well that's the thing is us like suffering for the sake of suffering i don't know is productive yeah definitely so it's like you might as well make the best of the situation i mean i wear masks i quarantine like i'm in contact with just like a limited amount of people physically and then i don't know it's just it it sucks i lost an uncle to it i lost a friend my friend was only 30 years old um it was in in the bronx when it was bad um everyone in my family is a frontline worker so they've seen the worst of it but it is nice to have sort of inside information like frontline information oh yeah i bet at least when it's good information at least well, it's, you know, it's accurate and I sort of, you know, who with you know how corporate news media is. Do I, I just, ever? I just want some fucking news from the ground. Yeah. Speaking of corporate news media, it seems like we're talking about coronavirus this week, but we are not. But we are talking about something that I feel like the corporate news media hasn't really latched onto too strongly. For one thing, we're talking about the death of Breonna Taylor, which prior to george floyd this is an incident that was not getting much attention in general so it's at least good that people are talking about it now but not much has happened in terms of justice and the story just keeps getting fucking weirder yeah so it's odd that you know it seems pretty obvious to you know arrest the the cops who killed brianna taylor it's like a meme now um or not a meme but like a it's kind of a meme, yeah. Or a catchphrase. It's like, yeah. a, you know, it's 
it's something that people are saying a lot, that phrase. And it and so it is odd that it's taking so long. And it makes you think, like, well, why is it taking so long? What's going on internally? Yeah, it's it's a fun thing to reply to cops on Twitter with. <laughs> That's where I see it the most. Whenever any police department posts anything even sort of positive, someone's going to be like, all right, but arrest the people that killed Breonna Taylor. <laughs> You're going to be like, yeah, I had, like... My spicy Funyuns were delicious, so arrest the cops that kill Breonna Taylor, you know? like Yeah, and like, they have not been arrested yet. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's, I'm not surprised that it didn't, it, it caught momentum after or during the George Floyd thing because women, especially women of color, are so marginalized and just sort of swept under, so... I think it brought police brutality in general to the forefront. And because her case just happened, her family was able to like get the word out. And then I think with all the civil rights stuff, people were talking about like intersectionality and marginalization and how like, you know, how come we can move swiftly, more swiftly for, you know, the men than the women. And yeah. it doesn't. I was just so, going to say it doesn't help that it seems like this case could be a lot more complicated, and that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Before we get into the the complicating detail, for people who aren't familiar, I figure we should just run through the facts in the Breonna Taylor m- murder. Shortly after midnight on March 13th, 2020, Louisville police entered the apartment of Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker using a battering ram to force the door open. And they were investigating two men who they suspected of selling drugs, but both of those men lived 10 miles away from Breonna Taylor. But she had a previous relationship with one of them, uh, Jamarcus Glover. Yeah, and it was, um, again, this was not her current boyfriend. This is just someone she had a passive friendship with. Right. She apparently had been, she had dated him at one point, and now they were just friends. And police obtained a no-knock search warrant based on the suggestion that Glover was receiving packages at Taylor's apartment. So, and that detail is uh, pretty important, but we'll get to it. But what happened after getting this warrant approved, they show up at her house uh, after midnight, and they claim they entered the residence after knocking several times and announcing themselves as police officers. But Brianna Taylor's boyfriend disputes that. All of the neighbors also dispute that. And <laughs> seeing how it's called a no-knock warrant, who <laughs> do you believe? They're probably telling the truth, you know? Yeah. Like, who do you trust? The cops who had a no-knock warrant in their pocket or the neighbors who say they never heard them knock? Like, well, of course. Also like... They're looking for Jamarcus Glover. How come they don't go to his residence? Right. And they they did. They ser- they executed five search warrants in this case. And they did end up going to his residence, but they also went to Breonna Taylor's residence. And uh, only one of them died as a result of the police showing up. And okay. the, these the- were all no knock search warrants, right? For this case. Yes, they were all no-knock search warrants, and I believe they have since banned no-knock search warrants. Yes, they have. Which, yay, At progress. Least temporarily. Yeah. And so Kenneth Walker... And they Walker, call it Brianna's Law, I think. I think they call it Brianna's Law, but the, you know, still no arrests have been made. Right. 
one of the have all of the cops even lost their jobs i think only one of them and then two have been reassigned yeah the the guy who i would i would consider got her killed has only been reassigned i know that and that's the guy who signed the warrant well can they tell it's only one person because there was such like there were bullets coming from everywhere yeah, what happened is they they were trying to kick the door in and Kenneth Walker, who is a licensed gun owner, shouted out, who is it? And no one responded. So he assumed that someone was trying to break in his apartment. So he started shooting and he did shoot first and hit a cop in the leg. And then the police returned fire and shot 20 times into the apartment including one cop who shot through a closed window where the blinds were also closed too. It's just once it once cops are triggered to to shoot it's just it's so excessive. It's so intense. Like I mean I guess it, and then also it's just like Kenneth was he wrong? Like he was in theory getting his apartment was getting broken into by people who did not announce themselves yeah charges against him have been dropped finally after you know i think you know the this movement started taking place yeah it took a lot of public outrage for it to happen but charges against him were dropped and of course they should be dropped like they're dropped but i think i read somewhere that they're dropped for now they could you know they can reinvestigate or I think the FBI is investigating the incident and they said the FBI could in theory charge him again but I really can't picture that happening yeah it wouldn't be wise it'd be I mean it'd be stupid and the police always do such wise smart things (laughs) like we're not gonna stop trusting them now so Yeah. yeah they fire 20 times like that cop who shot through the closed window, there could have been a kid on the other side of that window. Like, how do you just fire indiscriminately without being able to see what you're shooting at? That's so it's crazy. Reckless. It's super reckless, um, especially the one coming from outside, because it's like, yeah, you're shooting through blinds. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're shooting at. And then it's nighttime, so it's probably dark. And yeah, you don't know. And like, it's an apartment building, so you could kill someone in another apartment. The fact that there haven't been any charges in this case at all just blows my mind. Um, I mean, my my guess is because they were shot at, the response was to shoot back. But just the way it was executed was so sloppy because he, Kenneth Walker, was well within his rights to defend himself against unannounced intruders. 100%. He didn't know they were cops. They were in unmarked cars. They were... Plain um, clothes didn't have. They weren't even wearing police uniforms. Yeah, well, I think p- people who work in narcotics generally don't. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, but again, it was sloppy. It was really sloppy. It was, and it, and as a result, someone you know, an innocent person was killed in her own home. And it gets crazier because for a couple of months. This Breonna Taylor's death happened and then the George Floyd protests start and people start calling for justice for Breonna Taylor uh, as they should. And then just last week, I believe, or a couple of weeks ago, Breonna Taylor's family, well, I should backtrack a little. Her family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Louisville and they just recently amended their lawsuit to make a pretty crazy claim which is that her death 
and the warrants that were issued in her death were not about investigating drugs. They were about furthering a revitalization or gentrification plan, whatever you want to call it, called Vision Russell. And that's basically an initiative that's happening in Louisville. Some people call it revitalization. Some people call it gentrification. Uh, Probably a little bit of both. In the final months of the Obama administration, Louisville won a $30 million federal grant to pay for this project. Uh, That's part of the budget. It's a $200 million budget overall. And there's a smaller project within it called keeping it real Elliott Street redevelopment fucking what <laughs> what is the keeping it real part about yeah I mean I don't know I, I if the government if you know government wants to use cutesy names for yeah. this stuff it's you know I guess their prerogative but it is silly you know have people said keeping it real this decade I think that like died in 2009 uh, I mean I still keep it real but you know I mean it's it's it stands out you know you can one can keep it real without saying it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like why are you why are you protesting so much why are you telling you why you keep talking about keeping it real are you really keeping it real yeah what are yeah. you hiding i don't trust people who say they keep it real too much <laughs> people aren't keeping it real so um yeah so that's where the the death of brianna taylor intersects with vision russell yeah the the family they amended their lawsuit Basically, their claim is that the warrant that led to Breonna Taylor's death was issued not because of drugs, but because Jamarcus Glover was an obstacle to the Elliott Street redevelopment portion of Vision Russell. He rented a home in the 2400 block of Elliott Avenue in the Russell neighborhood. So that would put him right in the middle of where all this redevelopment was happening. Yeah. And just a reminder that um, Jamarcus is the ex-boyfriend of Brianna Taylor, and they remain, remain casual friends or passive friends. Right. And Jamarcus Glover has had previous drug charges before. He's been arrested for drugs. He was arrested as a result of these warrants. They did find guns and drugs in his in the home that he rented. But the argument the police have always made is that Jamarcus Glover is not just a drug dealer. He's one of the biggest drug dealers in Louisville. And it's turning out that that's probably not the case. He was just kind of an average street level drug dealer. And what he also was, was a person who lived in the middle of this development that they were trying. They were basically trying to tear down homes in this stretch of Elliott Avenue. And Jamarcus Glover lived there and wasn't moving. Like he was just there and wasn't going to leave. A lot of residents had already left and he was not leaving. So they start investigating Jamarcus Glover under the guise of drugs and they issue this warrant for Brianna Taylor. And the warrant says that a U.S. postal inspector confirmed he'd been receiving packages at Brianna Taylor's residence. That makes it sound like the U.S. Postal Inspector was receiving them. No, I mean, Jamarcus Glover was yeah. receiving packages at Breonna Taylor's residence. But what they failed to leave out of the warrant is that the um, it failed to mention the same Postal Inspector said there were no packages of interest being received there. Right, which should have gotten that warrant shut down. If that's the basis for the warrant, 
that he's receiving packages there and then the postal inspector says yeah but it's like fucking sweatshirts from amazon who it's not like drugs like the warrant at that point should have been shut down and never approved but instead it was approved based on this information that brianna taylor was getting packages for jamarcus glover sent to her apartment but they weren't suspicious packages and that part was never mentioned so the warrant goes through the detective who wrote the affidavit seeking the warrant his name's detective joshua janes he's been placed on administrative reassignment until questions about how and why the search warrant was approved are answered that'll show him (laughs) go do a different job for a while you're being punished like that's such egregious misconduct to willingly leave out arguably the most important detail which is that nothing suspicious was happening but the thing is that doesn't seem like that seems like something that probably happens often oh yeah like he wanted that warrant i mean like no one went into that house knowing exactly what was going to go down you know but again it was it was this not following protocol and being reckless that led to this just tragic totally unnecessary death yeah and that's the part that i think really needs to be investigated i think this detail is the part that really needs to be investigated like how did that warrant get approved in the first place brianna taylor's family they amended their lawsuit and basically what they allege is that the narcotics officers who executed the warrant were misled into believing that they were doing it in an effort to take down some of Louisville's biggest drug dealers and that the people who misled them were another newly formed police squad called Place-Based Investigations. And that's who Detective Janes worked for. He was not, the cop who signed this warrant was not a narcotics officer. He was with this Place-Based Investigations, which has also been working on cleaning up areas tied to this vision russell project and and that's um why i kind of want like it it, the call to action specifically for brianna taylor is to arrest the cops who shot brianna taylor but in a way if this is true they were they were pawns and yes they you know acted recklessly in a way that ended up murdering someone but if they were misled i mean i think more beyond them something bigger needs to be held culpable the system the department you know that it's it's beyond just those individuals yeah and i think that is what has aroused her family's suspicion like not just the fact that they lied to obtain this warrant but if you're lying to obtain a warrant against someone who as it turns out is not the huge drug dealer you've portrayed them to be then what was the motivation and i think that's that's kind of what they're getting at by amending this lawsuit is was this the motivation was it just so you could get this one resident out of elliott avenue and as a result they filed all of these warrants and started trying to take him down as a drug dealer and fucking killed brianna taylor in the process so yeah it's it's bigger than the cops who shot her they're definitely not innocent obviously they have some culpability in it but yeah the reason they were there might not be completely their fault it it seems like what's being implied is that those cops were lied to also yeah they were misled they didn't have all the information they were kind of like foot soldiers 
Whereas right. like, you know, who's, who's giving the orders? Where, how deep does this go? Like, you know, if it is related to this development and, you know, this theory points to that direction since like they're really going out of their way to, to target Jamarcus, this, you know, someone who's not a huge drug dealer, but they're saying they're going after him for drugs. But like, you know, there's such a specific issue that the city has with him. Like, why are they go like, why are they going so all out with this one dude? Like above and beyond. And it's, it's, you know, it looks like it's because they want his property. They want him to move. They want that lot. They, they like, they, um, earlier that year, they um, took over about eight lots on that same block. Yeah, about a month before Brianna Taylor died, the city demolished eight different houses on this one block all within one week. And in the 16 years prior, nine houses total had been demolished in that area. And not only that, but immediately after Jamarcus Glover was finally arrested, they bought the house he was renting for one dollar. <laughs> And the fair market value of the home, granted, was only $17,160. But still, $1 is all they paid for it. And with that, they were able to proceed with cleaning up Elliott Avenue. Yeah. And one of the other things they point out in their lawsuit is that the first five no-knock warrants of 2020 were all issued in this case. Mm-hmm which is, again, really suspect if it turns out Jamarcus Glover was not the drug dealer they were making him out to be, because yeah, that's little, such uh, an intense effort to take down one person. Yeah, it makes you question the motive. Yeah, and Louisville, we just did an episode of the main Unpopular Opinion podcast yeah. about a TV show called 60 Days in Narcoland. You ever seen it? I haven't. It's the most problematic show on television. It's <laughs> basically like if the TV show Cops and the TV show Survivor had a baby and that, <laughs> that baby should have been killed on the delivery room table, but instead it grew up and thrived and turned into the worst show on television. It's basically a show. It's like Cops, but there are like reality show contestants who they embed in like poor communities and jails who are just there to like spy on people and get information that the police who are behind this show will then use to uh, <laughs> further their investigations. And it takes place in Louisville or very close to Louisville. And even on that show, the cops, like they focus on this one drug dealer, alleged drug dealer named Lil Skinny, which fucking justice for Lil Skinny. Watch the show. They really fuck with this guy relentlessly. And at one point, they show up at his house and they find a personal use bag of weed, one gun, and $15,000. And that's what they end up arresting him for, is a gun and personal use weed. And like half the show is about how this guy is the biggest drug dealer in Louisville. And it's just a show about this fucking police department i forget the name it's uh close to louisville uh and it's just them fucking terrorizing people for entertainment and it's like it premiered a year after that same police department had this huge scandal where two other cops were working with drug cartels to distribute meth in the area 
And then a year later, they get their own TV show to try and fix their image. It's like, fucking abolish Louisville. Like, (laughs) fucking everyone move somewhere else and we'll just shut that city down. We'll put like, you know, when like a building is infested, they put like a big tent over it. Yeah. Just put a big tent over Louisville and (laughs) we'll we'll figure it out. Set off some police foggers. Yeah. (laughs) To drive the police out, then you can just send people back in. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So that's kind of where the Brianna Taylor case is now, is the family is now arguing that this was something way more than just indiscriminate police violence. There was actually a plot behind this that involved something that they're saying uh, it's not. Which, I mean, I'm not going to start siding with the police now. Like, I fucking, I buy this. Like, there there has to be a reason they focused on this one guy as hard as they did. And it yeah, seems like it doesn't drugs make sense. aren't that reason. It doesn't make sense that they'd have such an obsession with someone who's really, like, a not a big player. You know, it is a red flag, for sure. Right. And especially with him being one of the last people to leave this area that they are desperately trying to revitalize or gentrify. Well, it's uh, like they didn't even try to make it worth his while. I assume they wanted him to break his lease and just, you know, moving's not like that's a big deal. I remember they were doing some sort of project in my hometown when I was younger where they basically they wanted to make a bridge. So they had to get rid of a few neighborhoods and I'm sure there was some financial incentive for it. But like I mean, here if they're buying the property for a dollar, it just sounds like they want to yeah, it's it's really a it's a story as old as time. Like like in L.A., the reason we have this robust highway system is because we fucking put highways in the middle of people's neighborhoods and drove them out of their homes. Do you are you, are you familiar with the Dodger Stadium story? How we got Dodger Stadium? I am not, but I'd love to hear it. It was Dodger Stadium is in an area of L.A. called Chavez Ravine. And Chavez Ravine used to be this enclave of Mexican people who basically, if you go back and look at pictures, like you can see all of L.A. and it looks like L.A. does now mostly. There's lots of buildings. And then it just looks like there's another country in the middle of L.A. Like they had their own schools. They had their own stores. They were a thriving community. The area was kind of run down because they weren't rich, but they were fine. It wasn't incorporated, right? Um, I believe it was. Okay, and so it was like its own city. I think so, yeah. And what happened, County. what happened is at one point, this guy who did have good intentions, he was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go in and fix that area up and like rebuild your houses and you have to move while we do that, but then you're all going to move back in. And that was the plan, was to revitalize this area, move people out while they did it, and then move them back in. And then after they got everyone moved out, the city was like, hey, what you're doing, that sounds like communism. 
And we're really cracking down on communism in this country right now because this was during the Red Scare. It was when everyone in Hollywood was getting outed as communists. So after everyone moved out, they sent the guy to fucking prison for a year and accused him of being a communist. And meanwhile, all of these people had been displaced from Chavez Ravine. They're Are like, you talking about the developer was jailed? Yeah, the guy who wanted to come in and fix the area back up. They called him a communist sent him to jail for a year. Well, it's interesting because developers are generally not known to care about the people they displace. You're, you know, you just look at the property. He worked for the city. He wasn't like just a real estate developer. Yeah. Well, that's why it sounds like he's being punished for, for having ethics. Oh, he was, he 100% was, he was punished for trying to help poor people. Like anything that helped poor people was considered communism in the (laughs) fifties, which is bad. You know, it's just such it's it's been hammered into us for decades. Like you hear communism, you think bad. That's in America. That's been drilled into us. And it's like I don't think a lot of people even really understand. Oh, no, definitely not. So so what happened after they got everyone out and sent that guy to jail? They were like, all right, well, whatever we put there has to be for public use, public use. (laughs) And they were like. How about a new baseball stadium? And hmm, basically, I wonder if they had that planned. You know, they knew they wanted the baseball stadium, so they're like, "Well, how can we how can we get this guy out of the way?" Yeah, it seems like that was the plan. And then and, it, and they used the, whatever power they have, whatever authority ha- they have to like, you know, play fast and loose and and see their agenda, you know, manifest. Yeah. And so the city was able to buy back all of the Chavez Ravine land for like cents on the dollar and put up fucking Dodger Stadium. There is a school buried under Dodger Stadium. Like in a thousand years, archaeologists are going to see that and be like, these motherfuckers had their priorities wrong. <laughs> that shit is goddamn- underneath the stadium? Yeah, there was a school in Chavez Ravine and they decided it was easier instead of tearing it down. They just took the roof and the floors out and then just filled it with sand. So there oh, was a school shit. buried under Dodger Stadium. That's like, you know, that's like, is Dodger Stadium haunted? Yeah, it's like poltergeist. Yeah. It is the poltergeist of baseball stadiums. And that was, yeah, they didn't move the bodies. You should have moved the bodies, you sick yeah. fucks. <laughs> you sick fuckos. And yeah, so like gentrification, it isn't just, oh shit, there's a Starbucks in the neighborhood now. There's usually some political maneuvering behind it and people get fucking hurt. And it's Especially seems... if you don't have power or agency. Oh, yeah. Money, it, essentially. If you don't have a shit ton of money, then it's like you're sort of at the mercy of those who do. Yeah, like I wonder, had it not been for the George Floyd murder leading to all of these protests, I wonder if we would even be at this point in the Breonna Taylor investigation. Like, would this part have even come out if they didn't get all of that renewed attention around the case? Like, if these protests never happened, because it didn't seem like they were going to happen because of Breonna Taylor's murder, like, if they never happened, I wonder if we would even know about this gentrification angle to her death at all. It's possible we wouldn't. It's possible this would have just, I'm sure there's been many incidents like this that have gotten swept under the table. It's just that I think the timing of this, it just was the, the, the wrong crime at the right time. 
And so, yeah, there's still not justice in this case. It's gotten a whole lot weirder. And by the time this goes up, things might have gotten very interesting in Louisville over the weekend because there is a black armed militia headed to Louisville this weekend. And like for so many years, people have been saying like, oh, you here's what it's going to take for America to outlaw guns. Black people need to start open carrying guns. And it's like, well, we're about to find out if that's true. Because is that there is legal to just like, do you have to have a license to open carry? You have to have a license, but if it's an open carry state, that's why yeah. all, all you know, these rednecks. Kentucky. It is Kentucky, so probably anyone can walk around with, with a gun if they're licensed to, right? Yeah. If it's an open carry state and you have a license, you can walk around with your gun. That's how all these redneck chodes end up showing up at Black Lives Matter protests and waving guns around. And this group, they're called the Not Fucking Around Coalition. They do appear to not be fucking around. There are videos online of them marching in different areas of the country. There are a lot of motherfuckers with a lot of guns. They are heading to Louisville this weekend. I'll link to the video statement from their leader, a guy who calls himself Grandmaster Jay. And uh, he's like, we're not there for violence. We're not there to hunt people. Uh, We just want some people arrested. And it's like, oh. I was just going to say again, you know, I think... I think people need to dig deeper because arresting the individuals is not, that's not where it ends. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people go and arrest Nazis or whatever, but like if you didn't arrest Hitler, you know, Hitler still needs to be arrested. Yeah, on the the solo episode I did last week, it's about a a movie that is about the murder of Notorious B.I.G. And that's a good example of what you're talking about, where... Yeah, it would be cool if we arrested the people who pulled the trigger, but they're tied to something so much bigger to the point that just arresting them would kind of still be an injustice. Like, you need to get the people that led them to do this. Yeah, and they, they would pro- they're the lower people, like the lower level people in this, in this theory, and um, they, they could be disposable. And whoever is... Um, you know, truly culpable for pulling the strings could go on doing what they do in the shadows. Yeah. So hopefully they do get to the bottom of all of this and not just, I mean, there needs to be some sort of justice for the cops who did it, but I hope they are able to pursue this and tie it to something bigger because it seems like it is tied to something bigger. Uh, I also hope lots of people don't die in Louisville this weekend. I guess by the time this goes up, we'll know. The thing about that group, I mean, I don't know. Their leader has lots of law enforcement energy about him. Yeah. Like, of the I don't, um, NFAC? Yeah. Grandmaster, I, um, what's his name? Grandmaster, Grandmaster J. Jay. And I'll link to some of their videos. Judge for yourself. Yeah. Like, group just materialized out of nowhere in the past couple of weeks. So when you say he has law enforcement energy, like, former law enforcement energy or like do you think the organization the coalition is being directed by the government i it feels like a plot of some sort it doesn't strike me as an organic thing which i don't know if it would be tied to our government or a government but 
he's just got that like we we talked about it, it doesn't seem as simple as they're there to just protest this one specific thing right and i'm always suspicious when really big groups just pop up out of nowhere or we did we did an episode about the frazzle drip conspiracy a couple weeks ago and one of the really weird things about that is i came across this twitter account this guy calls himself the legendary punisher and just came out of nowhere there's a video of him giving this long fucking rant to a right-wing reporter at a fucking trump rally and that video was recorded in june of 2020 his twitter account went online in june of 2020 and he's already got 32,000 followers his account wasn't taken down as part of the they just took down a bunch of QAnon accounts his account is still up and if you watch his videos he seems like a wrestler he seems like a professional wrestler doing one of those in-between match interviews that wrestlers do like he seems like a guy who's doing a bit and the fact that he just appeared out of nowhere and all of a sudden is like this leading voice when it comes to Pizzagate it's like who the fuck are you yeah like before you want me to believe that you are somehow fighting the good fight against evil in the world show me your fucking driver's license (laughs) tell me your real goddamn name so i can background check you but no one's doing that because everyone just sees it like i don't know he's probably got sixty thousand followers by now and weirdly was not taken down as part of all those QAnon accounts what's this guy's name he calls himself the legendary Punisher, but his Twitter handle is legendary punis two p u n i s, and then the number two. I think that's his name. That's kind of a basic handle. Yeah, yeah. He's got <laughs> number 30, two. Really, thirty four thousand followers. Account uh, was launched in June of twenty twenty, and it's all PizzaGate and QAnon shit. Huh. Yeah, I think there are forces out there whether it's the american government the russian government fucking boogaloo chodes who goddamn knows but there are people trying to take advantage of what's happening in the country right now for political reasons oh of course no i mean there's that political saying that never waste a good disaster yeah and i know it's exciting seeing a huge group of black people carrying guns through louisville in support of brianna taylor but I, I would I would keep your suspicions with you until we have more information on that group because they could just be there to make protesters look extremely violent and oh, scary. Oh, yeah, so it could be like um, uh, a mo- an image move to like, yeah, just, just those, sort of similar to like the cops setting their own cars on fire and throwing bricks through windows yeah. during our protests. So they're trying to create a different narrative. It's like playing chess, you know? Yeah, and like, I don't have any proof that that's happening, but man, I'm not, I'm, I am suspicious of this group's motives. Even if they're seemingly on the right side, that's fine. I mean, when there's like a lot of, like, you know, deadly assault weapons, I think it's good to just try to get the information first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what are they about? <laughs> it's a whole lot of people carrying a whole lot of guns. Yeah, before you enthusiastically endorse them taking over your streets, <laughs> you know, just ask yourself if if uh, maybe that's not a great solution either. Yeah, Who knows? Do a little research. Or, 
Yeah, look them up. Look up the the not fucking around coalition. Watch some of the leaders' videos and just judge for yourself. To I mean, me, he. He strikes me as someone who would pull someone over for a traffic violation. <laughs> it's Seems just like, like this day and age, you have to be your own filter because there's there's not one source of information that's just going to, you know, give you all the answers. Except us. Except us. Yeah. But we I mean, fact check. We do. Yeah. And this will be like I, I was planning to keep tabs on the Brianna Taylor story anyway, but holy shit. Now I'm definitely going to keep tabs on it because that's a huge scandal. Like if it does come to pass that those warrants were about a fucking revitalization project and not about drugs, that's a fucking scandal. That's a deep scandal. Yeah. And people deserve to lose their jobs at the very least. So we'll see how it develops. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this rabbit hole goes, and I'm sure the city would not be thrilled. You know, the powers that be would not be thrilled about this getting out. I can see how they really try to suppress this shit. And they have come out and said this is all ridiculous and there's no truth to it. But also the entire city council of Louisville has sent a letter to the Louisville PD and demanded any documents relating to Vision Russell and Breonna Taylor. Has the um, department made any statement about sort of dragging their feet? Because there's been such a call for the arrest. Like, have they made any statement as to, like, why they're not moving on this? Not really. Like, it's it, it seems like, I don't know, like, it seems like a police cover-up. It seems like this, and this might be the part that they're now trying to cover up, is that this wasn't just about drugs. It was about fucking gentrification. Yeah, the drugs was just was the cover yeah and at that point because you can't do not no knock warrants because you because you want to gentrify something like they're not issuing warrants for that on paper no and i don't know like i i am glad that the country is finally coming to terms with the idea that sometimes the police do conspire to get away with shit like yeah, a I remember, lot of people, I think, were in denial or just sort of turning the other way and just sort of accepting it is what it is. Of course, police officers play fast and loose and use the you know law, the technicalities to their advantage to resolve their cases. Yeah, I think a good example of people being reluctant to accept the idea that police are bad is Stephen Avery, who is the subject of the Making a Murderer documentary series. Like... That guy had already been framed by the police once, and now he was about to win a lawsuit that would have bankrupted that police department. So right there, you have motive and past evidence that they've engaged in activities like this before. So now they have all the motive in the world to frame him for something. And back when that documentary came out, there were so many people who were like, well, I, I can't just, I, I just can't imagine that the police would do that. And it's like, why not? Like, why, why not? Like what you think in the face of them being put out of business, they wouldn't just frame some redneck yokel from Wisconsin and send him back to prison. Of course I think they sometimes would. Sometimes blind trust is easier for some people just to sort of get on with their lives and, and, and go about business as usual um, in their society. But yeah, I mean, like, it's awful. The idea that the people who are supposed to, like, quote unquote, serve and protect us are actually, you know, doing criminal shit. That's that's really disconcerting. And I can see how people would not want to accept that that's their reality. 
Yeah, it's the kind of thing you don't want to believe, but at some point you you have to just take the evidence for what it is. It is what it is. Start you know, believing we need it. To, yeah. We need to like fucking toughen up and be able to deal with the reality of of the situation. I mean, granted, like all of so many of our leaders are <laughs> have very low EQs, so it's just like, you know, the blind leading the blind and it or, you know, even yeah, it's 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 a weird timeline we're in. It really is. Uh, we are living through history. That's for sure. Like we are living in a documentary right now. Yeah, I'm just look. I'm just here on the roller coaster. I'm on it. Let's see where it goes. You know. Wee. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> Picture of everyone at the end is just everyone sobbing. <laughs> so I think that's our episode. This was good. Do we have anything? to plug before we get out of here um we're launching a zoom uh, an unpop zoom show i think that'll start next month so there's that uh i'll probably do one or two i haven't done a zoom show yet so yeah be on the lookout for that unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech you can subscribe to the network or conspiracy.supercast.tech you can subscribe to just this podcast um Oh, and unpops.com slash shop. We have a merch store now. I'll put some conspiracy, the show stuff up there soon. And uh, that's it. Fizza, what do you got to plug? I have a few things. So um, since we are in quarantine, I've been able to put a lot of energy into online content. So uh, follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and or TikTok, any or all of them. Um, I have a lot of content um, in the works and a lot of stuff up there and also I have a weekly podcast as well called the Facial Recognition Comedy Podcast. Um, it's a weekly podcast, new episodes every Tuesday. Very nice. Alright, let's get the fuck out of here. Fizza, say goodbye. Bye y'all. Thanks for having me. Goodbye everybody. We love you. Bye.